Good morning, every mum here. I quite like Mothering Sunday rather than Mother's Day. Because lots of people can be mothers, can't they? You don't need to be uh, have children to be a mother. So we praise God for everyone who mothers us and still mother. I'm still mothered. Yeah? Are you mothered? Yeah? We all need mothering, don't we? Something really special. I hope you're alert today. You, you lost an hour last night. Yeah? There may be one or two that will be turning up in half an hour's time. And I... I want you to be especially gracious to them, yeah? Because uh, they're just coming to the response to the things I'm about to say, so uh, that will be interesting. I want to thank Oliver and the lovely band. We're really blessed to have young people that can minister as they have. And uh, God bless you all. And I know that you're just a sub- subset of an even larger group. So that's wonderful, and I want to thank you, Graham, for leading us in prayer and and all that you do in heading up missions in this church. Uh, Only eternity will know the true fruit of everything that you do and you encourage us in, so so God bless you richly. Um, If you have a Bible, perhaps you could turn to to a passage I want to look at today, which is in John chapter 17. I want to speak uh, about the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. Um, Often we think of his words at this time of year, his words on the cross. But I think his words before the cross are equally as important. And somehow what was crystallized in in Jesus' mind just before his death, the words that he spoke, the words that he had on his heart. I think if we can know the mind of Christ, somehow we'll know more about his mission, his heart, and we'll know the expectation that he has for you and me. And if there's anything that comes out of this morning, it's about the, the meaning of of his life, his death, and the consequence of that for you and and me this morning. To know his mind. And these words in in John 17 were, were words that he shared just the day before his crucifixion, or the night before his crucifixion. He wasn't concerned about his suffering or his pain, or his separation from his father as enormous and consequential as they were. There were two things on his heart. And you'll realize these as we read. It was about the the glory that was going to be given to the father and that you and I would live for the father's glory. This is so profound. It's about our our raison d'etre. A bit of French coming in there. I didn't see that coming. That's not in my notes. (laughs) And that's the sum total of my French. (laughs) Of being. That we live for the glory 
of the Father. And uh, it's so important that I got really excited. And, and my notes are just a, a, a jumble of handwritten things that, that came to me really, really quickly. And that's why if I lose my way, it's the fault of my notes, not for what the Lord has said to me. But I find it so important and transforming and wonderful. You know, almost half of the Gospel of John is given over to the last week of Jesus' life. He saw this as so fundamental. It was written after the other Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels. And it comes from, from John 12, where his triumphant entry into Jerusalem, the last week of Jesus' life, Palm Sunday, this Palm Sunday was six days before the Passover, before his death. He foretells his death. We have the Last Supper. We have the washing of feet. We have the, Jesus talking about his betrayal and denial. Chapter 14, he comforts his disciples, says he's, 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 gone to, he's going to prepare a place. He talks about him being the way, the truth, and the life. He talks about another comforter coming. He's going. He must go to send us another, the paraclete, to be with us. Then he talks about the parable of the vine and then the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And now, with just hours before his arrest, he talks about what is on his mind. So turn with me to, to John chapter 17. And if I can just start with the last verse of John 16. I have told you those things so that in me you may have peace. What did he want you to have? In this world you will have trouble. What will you have? He wants you to have peace. In the world you'll have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. After Jesus said that, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you, for you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Eternal life to all those you had given to Jesus. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words that you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, 
Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so the scripture would be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Hallelujah. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. I want you just to to hang on that last verse. For them, you, I sanctify myself that they too may be sanctified. This starts... After Jesus had said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed. He looked away from the world and he looked to heaven and he prayed a specific prayer. This is the Lord's Prayer. Abba Father, the time or the hour has come that the time ordained before creation has come. This moment has come. Glorify your Son that the Father may be glorified. He's saying, if the Son is glorified, then the Father's going to be glorified. What is he asking? He's asking that somehow on the cross that the Father will be glorified. On the cross, the true nature and character of the Father will be revealed. His love, his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness, his compassion, his holiness will all be revealed on a cruel cross at Calvary. So that, verse 3, he might give eternal life. Verse 4, this life is to know the Father and the Son. Eternal life is to know the Father and the Son. In that knowledge, we have eternal life. So the more we, we know him, the more that we can appropriate the life that he's given us to live. I have brought you glory by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me with the glory I had before the world began. This glory 
is that he would complete the work that he had been given, the cross. And that in itself would glorify the Father and the full nature and the full wonder and the full revelation of God would be known through the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. What other blood can we sing about but the blood of Jesus? There is no other blood. There's no precious blood. It's lovely to see you over there, Claire, by the way. Uh, Mother, Mothering Day's brought some, some children with Charlotte's around as well, isn't she? Yeah, that's lovely. But there's no other blood that we could sing about. There's no other precious blood but the blood of Jesus. There's no other blood that would reveal the wonder of God than the shed blood of Jesus. It reveals the glory of God. And so Jesus' prayer is that this might glorify God, what I'm going through, what, I'm, what I was ordained to do before creation, before you or I were even thought of, imagined. Christ was going to be your saviour. And it would bring glory to the Father. We used to sing an old song. That was, that's my age, isn't it? In my life, Lord, be glorified. It was an old vineyard song. In my life, Lord, be glorified. Be glorified today. In your church, Lord, be glorified. And it was such a beautiful song. We used to feel the Holy Spirit come upon us as we used to sing it. Because it connected with the, with the actual prayer of Jesus in John 17. And the prayer now turns from the glory of the Father to the glory of his disciples. And I know the second part of John 17, which we'll look at next week, talks about those who will hear the message because of the disciples declaring it. We can appropriate this as well because we're his disciples. And he says, I am praying for them. And he still prays for them. He still prays for you. And in Hebrews 7.25 it says that he lives to intercede for you. That wherever you are in life, Christ prays for you. Is praying for you. And always will pray for you. You'll never, you're never not on his mind. Never. He'll never forget you. Never. He loves you too much. And he says, I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me. They are yours. Father, protect them by the power of, the, of, of your name, that they may be one. He's praying for your protection and that your unity, that, that we as a body would be one in him. It's the glory of the cross. And he prays that they might have the full measure of his joy in them. He says, I am still in the world that they may have the full measure of my joy in them. 
Earlier he said, look, I've got to go, and the the, the Father may send another one to be with you, that your joy may be complete. He's praying that you would know joy. Because he is with you by his Holy Spirit. How wonderful is that? How glorious is that? That in this troubled world you would have peace because the Prince of Peace reigns in your heart by his Holy Spirit. That was his prayer. He goes on to say, I do not pray that that you take them out of the world, but protect them in the world. He's praying for your effectiveness in your world. In your world, just where it is now, and the things that surround you. He prays that you'll be strong. He affirms that we are not of the world, as he is not of the world. And he says, sanctify them by the truth. As you have sent me, I send them into the world. You are sanctified saints. Your Jesus is SS, you know that? You're so special, you're sanctified. It's what he's praying. He's praying glory for the Father, but sanctification to you, that you might bring glory to the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah's been a long time coming. Is that reason to praise God? For them I sanctify myself that they might be sanctified. I end where I began. Sanctified. What is this sanctification? What is it to be sanctified? Do you feel sanctified? Did you wake up and think, hey, I'm sanctified? Yeah? But you are. You are. Because he is sanctified. To be sanctified is to be set apart for a special use. It's all this is a high priestly prayer. It's all about Jesus being the ultimate sacrifice for God. It's about being prepared for God's use. All the vessels that were used in, in, in the ceremonies and the rituals in the Old Testament, they were sanctified, they were cleansed, they were made holy, that they could be used in his service for his purpose. Jesus was wholly devoted to serving the Father. That was his sanctification. He, in his sanctification, he wasn't anything. He didn't need sanctification because he was holy, wasn't he? He was sanctified just like he was baptized to demonstrate to you and me that we needed to be sanctified, to be used by God. Jesus was acceptable. We are made acceptable. Through the cross. Hallelujah. 
His pure, spotless blood was shed that we could become acceptable, that we could be consecrated. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, in view of God's mercy, talking of the cross, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. We haven't been doing worship. This that we were singing and worshipping, but our true and proper worship is to live sanctified lives, given over to the glory of God, that he might be glorified. We live to glorify the Father, Not just to talk about him, not just to witness about him, but to bring glory. That you are a trophy of his grace. I see, look, six trophies sitting in the front row there. Yeah? You're on his trophy cabinet. And so are you all. Because Jesus was sanctified, he had to, that we might be sanctified by truth, by receiving the truth and believing it in our hearts. And the fruit is holy living. The glory has come to me through him. I sanctify myself, he said, thinking of the cross. And he did it for you and me. So eternal life is not just sins forgiven. It's about giving ourselves to God. My sins were forgiven so I could give myself to God. Because he's holy. And there's that real sense as we, as we finish now is that it's about giving ourselves to God. It's about the Isaiah 6s. Here I am. I'm wholly available. Because Jesus, you've sanctified yourself that I might be sanctified, that I might be used, that I might bring glory to the Father. And his name would be lifted high. And God would look down and he'd be pleased. But Jesus' work is being completed in you and me. That we might live for him. Amen. Let's pray. Father. Lord, this is wonderful. It's amazing. Lord, it's all of you. It's about you, it's for you, it's to you. It's Christ in us. If you would cleanse us, Father, sanctify us, that, Father, you would pour your Holy Spirit into purified hearts 
and Father in this troubled world, your sanctified saints. Father would reflect and make known your glory. Father, I pray it for myself and my beloved brothers and sisters here and anyone who should be listening. Father, in our lives, Lord, be glorified. In this church, Lord, be glorified. Amen. God bless you.